Good morning. Happy good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Christmas is almost here. I know. Are you ready? Of course I am. Jesus Christ, I am not. I mean, I always have like last minute shopping to do, but. Yeah. We, yeah, we don't have the kids this Christmas, so I feel like I don't have to wrap presents until Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fair enough. We don't have them until after Christmas. <clears throat> yeah, which sucks, but whatever. We're sitting in a room that you, like, completely demolished. Yeah. I, uh, you know, God forbid that my house just be not a construction zone for, you know, three or four months ever. Right. In your entire 27 years of life. Yeah. So we bought, I bought this house and I'm going to, I'm going to be selling it in August. And the, it's a big house, but the kitchen is freaking tiny. Yeah. It's really, really small. And so it's, you, it can't ever really be clean because there's stuff everywhere, right? Yeah. Like on top of the fridge and whatever. And it really bothers me. Well, then there's a sunroom, what we refer to as the sunroom, mudroom, whatever, that's off of the kitchen. And so I have decided that I'm going to turn the sunroom, mudroom, into like a bar area. It's a huge room. It is a massive room. It's twice as big as a freaking kitchen is. It is, yeah. And so... I'm building a bar and then one wall that's probably, <clears throat> what do you think, probably 20 feet long. Yeah. I'm going to do shelves and cabinets on the entire thing. And it will double as an indoor-outdoor bar area. Maybe like a, I don't know, cigar room, poker room, whatever. And also it will be... Like the overflow from the kitchen. Yeah, like storage. Yeah. Almost like a pantry room. Yeah, where you put, you know, your crock pot that you only use once every two weeks. And your, I mean, just whatever. Yeah. Your blender. Cookie sheets that you only, you know, use once every, whatever. Canned goods. Yeah, stuff like that. So, so that's how I'm offsetting the kitchen issue for resale. Yeah. But I went and, and quoted out cabinets. They're fucking expensive yeah i, I mean like a picture and i was like oh three hundred dollars for a cabinet yeah and i'm like i'm not putting thirty thousand dollars of cabinets in so i'm building them i'm gonna build the bases and then and then buy the cabinet doors yeah which still is a hundred dollars 150 dollars per cabinet door right because of course i don't want you know the cheap stuff. <laughs> she doesn't have cheap taste. No, not at all. But so that's what I'm doing. I'm redoing all of that. But and then, of course, the floor is super unlevel mm -hmm. because it's a sunroom, it's mudroom, whatever. And whoever poured this concrete poured it at like a slant. So clearly, once upon a time, it was like an outdoor area. Yeah. And so it's at a slant. It's, it's just it's a pain in the ass. I know. All weekend, she's just been like. New thing, new thing, new picture. Oh, I have all the siding torn off. Oh, I have all the flooring ripped up. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? I know. I'm so sore. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm so sore. Like, my shoulders and my back are like, I am not vibing with this whole <sighs> getting older and my body not being able to do the things that it was able to do 10 years ago. Like, I, I can't do what I did five years ago, and I hate it. Yeah. I hate it so much. But yesterday was like, 
I hauled hay, I hauled feed, I hauled water, I used stacked hay, I whatever, and then came home and started doing this construction stuff. And today I'm like, oh man. You're like, oh, I'm feeling that today. I'm feeling that. So in your neck? Yeah, my neck yeah. and my shoulders, behind my shoulder blades. And my lower back. Always get you. Yeah, <laughs> because I still think that I'm 25 and I'm not. No, I mean, kind of. I mean, I feel like whatever. It's Shh. stupid. But today I want to be doing, I want to be putting the siding on my greenhouse and I can't move. <laughs> she hates when she's forced <coughs> to sit down. If you've been following for a while, you know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And my hand has like little cuts all over it. So your hands hurt. My hand. Yeah. I'm just like, uh, falling apart. And I know I can hear everybody will wear gloves. No, I'm not going to wear gloves. She's stubborn, too. If you've been listening for a while, you know that as well. And then this really pissed me off yesterday. I'm, like, making, you know, like, measuring my two-by-fours and marking them, whatever. And I'm like, I can't freaking see. I had to go get my goddamn glasses to read the oh, tape measure. man. I'm like, no. What is happening? I am fighting this. I am fighting old age. This is not, not good. Not it. Not right. it. <laughs> and, then, and then the kids are like... What are you going to do when we sell this house? What are we going to do? Are we going to build on the land? Are we going to? And I was like, no, I think that like, let's, we'll sell this one because I'm going to make a lot of money on this house because mm -hmm. I bought it really, really cheap. Um, and so I was like, no, I think we'll do two more. We'll flip two more houses and one will be corals. I'll give one to coral and then we'll use another one as a rental, right? And Coral's just like looking at me like, oh yeah, mom? <laughs> and I'm like, I can do it. <laughs> I can do it. She's like, at some point, you're going to have to start subbing stuff out. And I'm like, that will never happen. I will never, ever, ever pay somebody to do something that I can do. <laughs> God damn it. Even if it takes me three times as long, I will never pay somebody to do something that I can do. Yeah. Could you imagine, Samantha, being somebody that's, say, doing drywall in a house of oh, mine? So, 26 years ago, mom owned a drywall company. Yeah. And so, that was, like, her bread and butter. So, even I know when I, like, lived in Texas, we had, like, a roof leak that ruined some drywall. And you know better. I just called mom, and mom walked me through how to do it because I knew you'd literally kill me if you found out that I hired someone to come fix the drywall. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I did custom drywall, though. I didn't do... I would do, like, round walls. I would do murals out of... I, I did custom drywall. And it's just so funny because she was like, Samantha Nicole, you grew up pretty much on job sites. And I was like, I was, like, two. I don't remember <laughs> what, how to do any of this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I will never, I will never, ever, ever pay somebody to do something that I can do. Yeah, so I'm sure if somebody came in here to do drywall, you'd be like, mm, no, don't really like where you're putting that. Mm, no, yeah. why are you using that? Mm, no. Why are you using that kind of tape? What, what kind of mud are you doing? <laughs> you know, the other one dries faster, right? If you put some fans in here, it'd get done yeah. quicker. <laughs> right. No, and I wouldn't, I mean, people would quit. Literally. Yeah, they would walk out. Well, you just can't quit because we're your kids. Right. And you guys have to take the abuse that I give you. <laughs> oh, man. But well, it's going to, hopefully it'll look really nice. I think it will. I think the bar's a little high, but. I don't think so with bar stools. Like, think yeah. about how tall my bar is at my house. Yeah. It changes the whole, like, everything already. I mean, it's a wreck right now. Everything is, like, piled up and it's a wreck, but hopefully. But the bar also gives it, like, a little bit of breakage in the yeah. room. Yeah. 
so it doesn't feel as like long long yeah it's a cool space I just couldn't ever figure out what to do in here yeah but I think it's going to be practical and that's the that's the thing the kitchen is the only problem in this house the kitchen yep it's too small it's a huge house it it's a house that I mean has four bedrooms and so you know potentially you know eight people could live here and it's a kitchen for one a hundred percent it's like it's supposed to be like a bachelor pad but yeah it's not yeah it's a huge house with a teeny tiny little baby kitchen it does have a formal dining room that I could convert into like a pantry but but I love the formal dining room yeah I love that yeah anyway so and not many houses have those I feel like anymore no so. No, and I really like the dining room. I really like that. So I'm not messing with that. Yeah. But anyway. We digress. It's, it is what it is. So it is a Samantha episode. Yeah, and I already gave her a heads up that she's going to hate today. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. That's okay. I'm already hating today anyway. <laughs> so. Yeah. I'm Tracy. I'm Samantha. This is The Suspended Sentence. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Patreon, the Suspended Sentence Podcast. Our email address is the Suspended Sentence Podcast at gmail.com. And you can buy Tracy's books anywhere, that, or book anywhere that most books, we're almost there. <laughs> um, book anywhere that books are sold. Words are really hard this morning. This is not a good way to go. <laughs> anywhere that books are sold, I'm going to give Better World Books a shout out today. Okay. Okay. So, Better World Books. <gasps> IDP and the 13 components to criminal thinking and behavior. Boom. Boom. <laughs> there it is. So that's a rough way to start today where my brain is not like That's computing. okay. So That's okay. Okay. So I'm going to say at the very beginning of this, um, this is a heavy child abuse case. Oh, God, uh, Samantha. And some sexual abuse. Fantastic. So if that is something that is going to like, you can't handle Please don't listen to this. I can't and handle it, and I don't want to. I don't want to listen to it. You're gonna be fine. I'm not. You're gonna be fine. Jesus. Everybody else. If I had a nickel for every time <laughs> that she said no to a case, and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna force no, you. No, because somebody has said you'll be fine. <laughs> so, um, on a serious note, though, if that's something that's gonna like trigger you, please, we'll just see you later this week. All right. Okay. I'm leaving. See you guys. Have a good good episode, Sam. Ah, man. But your reaction, I feel like you're going to get really riled up. And our best episodes are when you get fired up. Okay. Let's do this. All righty. Today, we're going to be talking about Sylvia Marie Likens. Have you ever heard of her? No. Oh, man. Okay. Who was born January 3rd of 1949. Um, As a teen, she babysat, hung out with friends, did her chores, had some small jobs, and loved the Beatles. And by all means, had a pretty typical teenage life. Um, Sylvia came from a large family, um, and they were poor from southern Boone County in northeast or northwest Indianapolis. Her father, Lester Likens, had only an eighth grade education and worked a lot of different jobs just to support his family. Um, and he had a laundry route, worked in factories, even owned a small business for a little while that was unsuccessful. Um, but he also would travel with car. His parents would tra- her tra- parents would travel with the carnival and sell like food. Okay. Um, which they were kind of struggling at this point of the summer of 1965, and we're like, we're gonna go back to the to the carnival. Like, yeah. At least we know that we'll get mm. some money from that, you know. Right. 
Um, and they thought that this wasn't, like, an acceptable place to bring, like, tow their children along with. So they were now looking for people to watch their children. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, like I said, that meant finding someone to watch their children. Their oldest, Diana, was grown and married. So she was out of the house at this point. Um, they had two boys, Danny and Bernie, who were placed with their grandparents. And that just left their daughters, Sylvia and Jenny. Jenny was a shy and insecure. She had a limp because she had polio as a child. Aww. So she was in, like, a leg brace and sure. was very insecure about that. Yeah. As a teenage girl, I am yeah imagine so. Um, where Sylvia was outwardly more confident and went by the nickname Cookie. Um, she was very pretty. She always kept her, uh, like, but she would always keep her mouth closed when she would smile because she was missing some of her front teeth. And so that was, like, her insecurity. Okay. But, like, pictures, she's beautiful. Like, beautiful girl. <clears throat> so a mutual friend um, introduced the liking, Lycan's parents to a woman named Gertrude. I'm going to say her last name wrong. Banizewski, I think is how you say it. Okay. Um, who briefly um, went by the name Gertrude Wright. She lived in a big rented house at 3850 East New York Street. And she said, yeah, I'll take in your girls for $20 a week. So, <coughs> bless you. Excuse me. Upon moving in with Gertrude, the girls carried on their pretty normal life at first. They were taking singing classes, skating, doing some, like, housework for Gertrude, um, and also working some, some small summer jobs just to make some extra money. So, things are going pretty well when they first move in. And they seem to be adjusting really well to the new house. Gertrude. The parents just leave them with a stranger yeah. and just leave, like, yeah. leave town, leave whatever, just go. Yeah, and I don't know if, like, in the 60s that's, like, normal, but maybe it was, I think it was a little bit more of a trusting time, but. That's bizarre. A little sketchy. So, Gertrude was already caring for her seven children. Oh, damn. <laughs> Paula's 17, John 12, Stephanie 15, Marie 11, Shirley 10, James and Dennis 18 months old. Um, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So, the f oldest children that all had the last name Banz Banzawiski, mm -hmm. however you say her last name, um, was because of her ex, because their father was her ex-husband, John. Their youngest child, the Dennis, had the last name after his father, Dennis Wright, who was serving in Germany in the army at the time. Okay. So... <clears throat> Oh my God! A single mom in the sixties and seventies. So now, Ooh. so seven, eight, nine. They've she's got nine children. In this you house. might as well though. I mean, if you ha seriously, if you have that many kids, you might as well. I mean, a couple more is going to be no big deal. I know you always say that. What after three? After three, might it's as well keep going. No difference having right. more. Right. Um. So because of Jenny's polio, she couldn't move around really well, and so the girls had like their chores that they had to do at the house, right? And. Sylvia always made sure to, like, do help Jenny with hers or sometimes even just do Jenny's for her because it was, like, so hard for her to get around and she was, like, in so much pain from her leg. Mm -hmm. And so, like, to me that just shows, like, she genuinely, like, cares about her little sister. She's, like, taking care of her, yeah. you know? Yeah. So at the beginning, though, like, after the first few weeks, there seems to be, like, a little bit of a clash between Sylvia and Gertrude's 17-year-old daughter, Paula. Um, and that seed just continues to grow from there okay so it was said that the boys liked sylvia more than paula and she was like jealous and so they were having like stupid teenage girl like i don't like you because the boys sure. like you crap okay sure. but 
But then one day, that money order of $20 that her parents, that Jenny and Sylvia's parents were supposed to be sending to pay her to take care of her children, didn't show up. And Gertrude, on the day that Gertrude was expecting it, and Jenny would later testify, quote, she took us upstairs, she slapped me, and she said, I took care of you two bitches for a week for fucking nothing. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. The money order arrived the next day, but the t- it was already, the damage was already done. Yeah. She was pissed. After this, the checks would come later and later. Like, her parents would mail the checks not on time, which would just piss off Gertrude. Yeah. Every time that check didn't hit when it was supposed to be there, she was pissed. So, after that first encounter, beatings became really regular in this house. Sometimes 12 times a week for small things as eating too much food. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So, just to paint a picture of Gertrude for you. She's underweight, really, really short, like cheekbones sunk in like tiny thing and there are like quotes from like her ex-husbands and men that have known her that she probably soaking wet was like 90 pounds this woman tiny woman but every man that's met her said that she could beat the crap out of a 300 pound man like she was just feisty feisty and mean yeah and like to like Mm. to fight um so, like I said, she was frail and underweight, but she had two weapons that she used for punishment very f- frequently. She had a fraternity-style paddle um, and a thick level um, leather belt that was left behind by her ex-husband, John, who was an Indianapolis police officer. Holy shit. Um, Gertrude began using the paddle on Sylvia and Jenny for various offenses, such as exchanging soft drink bottles for change at the nearby go- grocery store. Um, she suspected Sylvia of stealing, um, so she used matches to burn the, burn Sylvia's fingers. Um, sometimes Gertrude felt too weak from her, from, like, her asthma and stuff. And so then she would turn to 17-year-old Paula to take out their punishment. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, Sylvia, her sights kind of turned on Sylvia more than Jenny. And she was often starved and force-fed food to the point where she would vomit and then be forced to eat her own vomit afterwards. Oh, my God. It's not going to get really bad for a minute. So, Paula once struck Sylvia in the face with such force that, she, um, that Paula actually broke her wrist in the process. And once the um, cast was dry, then she just used her cast to beat the crap out of Sylvia. Oh. So, the abuse by Gertrude and Paula was horrific. Your face is so sad. Oh, and I'm not even to the worst of stuff. Um, and it wasn't until others began treating... It wasn't long until others started treating Sylvia the same way. 15-year-old, her Gertrude's daughter, um, Stephanie, um, her, her boyfriend, Coy Hubbard, and his friends from the neighborhood were often around the house and would spend the weekends and evenings tormenting Sylvia as well. The neighborhood kids. Oh, my God. Uh, um, soon after, Gertrude began encouraging them to beat their, beat the girl using her as a dummy for their martial arts practices. Awesome. It's fantastic. Let's teach boys to beat up women. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. Not that it's okay for women to do it, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So some of the boys would ex- put out their cigarettes on her skin. And then, this is really bad. Um, one night, Gertrude and a gang of, the gang of teenagers had Sylvia come into the living room, undress, and they forced her to insert an empty Coke bottle into her. 
Oh my god. Like vile. These people are vile and disgusting. Soon after, Sylvia was forbidden to attend school and was subject to having her fingers burned. She was kicked in the genitals over and over again for the, quote, evil of having sex before marriage. She was a virgin when she died. She died? Yeah, she dies. She dies from this. It's, have you came to this podcast? She dies at the end of this. After the beating, Sylvia was forced into scolding hot baths to be, quote, cleansed of her sins. Oh, my God. She was severely beaten. I hate this. Yeah, I know. And burned for wetting her mattress. So because of the things being inserted into her, we know incontinence and stuff becomes an issue. She couldn't control it, but she starts wetting the bed. And this pisses off Gertrude so much. So now she's getting beaten for wetting the bed. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, Gertrude decides at this point, because she's wetting the bed, that Sylvia is no longer fit to live with her children. So the children's parents, um, so Jenny and um, Sylvia's parents were never, never knew about this abuse, right? Because they're at the carnival. Um, The girls were told to never speak about their lives inside of Gertrude's house or there would be further beatings. In September, just two months after the girls were sent to live with Gertrude, Sylvia and Jenny met with their older sister, Diana. Okay, their married older sister at the park. They told her about the abuse, and and Diana believed that her little sisters were embellishing their situation because they didn't want to live there. So she did nothing. Oh, my God. They met her a second time, but this time Gertrude's younger daughter, Marie, was there, and they said nothing about the torture to Diana, which Marie told her mother, reported back to her mother, that they didn't say anything. Yet, Sylvia and Jenny were given scalding hot baths because they had eaten a sandwich at the park with their sister. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. The bath water was so hot that Sylvia fainted from the heat of the water. And Gertrude then proceeded to slam her head against the cast iron bathtub to wake her up. So a man from the neighborhood did eventually call the school reporting that he had heard, like, screams and stuff coming from Gertrude's house. Um, But Gertrude said that these claims were not real and said that actually Sylvia was just out of control and had run away from home. And nothing else came from that. So near the end, Sylvia was no longer allowed to, to leave the house. She was thrown into, the, um, thrown into the cellar and locked in, given crackers for food, and refused to use, um, was not allowed to use the restroom. Gertrude, um, so on the 23rd of October, Sylvia's ab- abuse escalated even more. How? How could it possibly escalate any more? Gertrude decided that she needed to be branded. Oh, my God. I'm a prostitute, and I'm proud of it to be carved across her stomach. Um, so it was a needle, a needle that was Jesus heated Christ. over a th- flame, and Gertrude wasn't able to finish the brand, so she got one of the children from the neighborhood, 14-year-old Richard Hobb, to finish carving. I'm a prostitute, and I'm proud across this 16-year-old girl's stomach. Once he finished, he and Gertrude's t- um, 10-year-old daughter, Shirley, heated um, a bath, or hated a bolt and tried to burn an S onto Sylvia's left breast. The burn was to resemble a three, um, kind of resembled a three. Um, she was then paraded around the neighborhood um, where Gertrude claimed that she got the carving at a quote sex party. 
And nobody did anything. Nobody did anything. Um, so at this point, children in the neighborhood would pay Sylvia or pay Gertrude five cents to see Sylvia for themselves. Like she's like a circus animal or something. So she starts charging neighborhood kids. Um, they would want to see the broken, burned, and scarred body of the teenager that would lay on the basement floor. And she would take their five cents and send them on down. So at this point, like, she's in bad shape. She's gotten, she's only been in this house a few months, like three months. And she's. Oh, my God. Just the things I mentioned, but think that oh, stuff's yeah. happening every day. So she's broken. Like, this baby is broken. And she, um, Gertrude realized that Sylvia is probably dying at this point. So she forces Sylvia to write a note saying that a gang of boys beat her. And her plan was that after she died, she was going to dump her in a nearby woods with the note. Wow. So Sylvia also knew she was dying. A mixture of internal bleeding, dehydration, starvation, and shock made her incredibly weak. And she told her sister Jenny that she didn't have long left long. Um, she attempted, so the two girls attempted to escape on the house on the night of October 25th, but she didn't even make it to the door before Gertrude found her. The next day was the final day of Sylvia's life, and it was only slightly different from the day, three months before. Like, I, this um, is horrific. It's Samantha. horrible. It's horrible. Sylvia had lost the ability to speak correctly and was completely de- like delirious at this point. Um, she was now fully incontinent. And in a bid to clean her up, 12-year-old John um, took her up or hosed her down while he laughed at her. She tried to escape from the bat basement, but Gertrude stopped her and kicked her in the head. Her last hours, um, in her last hours, 14-year-old Richard Hobbs from the neighborhood um, took her upstairs, gave her a bath, and dressed her in clean clothes. And then she was laid on the, ba- um, laid on the mattress in the bedroom where she didn't wake up again. She was 16 years old. Neighbors reported to police that they would hear her screams and hear somebody asking for help every day. But it was 1965, and they all said they were, did not feel compelled to come forward with a notion of it being, quote, not their business to intrude in someone else's household. Fucking cowards. One neighbor said he heard those screams stop about 3.30 in the morning on October 26th, the day that she died. Cause of death was determined to be brain swelling, internal hemorrhaging um, of the brain, and shock induced by Sylvia's extensive skin damage and burns on her skin. She had also had extreme malnutrition. Her teachers and other adults said that they also saw open sores, bruises, and early signs of abuse, but didn't feel empowered to say anything. Mm. An autopsy would reveal that she had 150 separate strikes against her body. This included burns, muscle damage, nerve damage, swollen vaginal cavity, fingernails broken backwards, and she had bitten through her lips. I've never made you cry in an episode. Oh my god. When the police arrived, Gertrude, you're going to make me cry, stop. Gertrude told them that Sylvia had returned. When police arrived, Gertrude had told them that Sylvia had returned home that day in a bloody and dying state. Gertrude had tried to nurse her back to health. But, unfortunately, she died. Unfortunately. No, it's exactly what the bitch wanted. Mm -hmm. Everyone present was questioned, including Paula, who told the police that Sylvia's death was, quote, meant to happen. 
She then um, told Jenny that told Jenny she was welcome to continue living with the family. Jenny's sister just died, and Gertrude's like, "Honey, it's okay. You can stay here." Though Jenny um, was only fifteen, she was instrumental in getting these people arrested. She went over to the police and said, "If you get me out of here, I will tell you everything." And they did. They took her. Gertrude, Paula, Stephanie. And so those are Paula and Stephanie are Gertrude's daughters. Coy Hubbard, Stephanie's boyfriend, Richard Hobbs, and John Jr., Gertrude's son, were all arrested for Sylvia's murder. Um, after Jenny's in-depth description of what all had happened to her sister. Um, five ch- um, children from the neighborhood were also arrested for their involvement. Gertrude and Paula were sentenced to life in prison on the 25th of May, 1966. Richard Hobbs and Coy Hubbard and John Jr. were given to two to 21 years in prison or in an Indiana reformery, reformery due to their ages. But Gertrude and Paula um, got retried in September of, 19, um, September of 1971 due to them not feeling that they received a free trial or a fair trial. This time, Paula pled guilty to voluntary manslaughter. second and was eventually released in december of 1972 despite numerous escape attempts she was trying to escape the entire time they let her out a year after her retrial um she would change her name to paula pace and became a teacher's aide in iowa jesus christ in 2012 she was fired after the school found out her real identity 30 years after interacting with children um, later, or Paula later went on to have two children with her husband, living her happy life. Gertrude received first-degree murder charge and would spend the next 14 years in Indiana um, women's prison, where she was described as the, quote, dead mother. Despite angry protests collecting over 40,000 signatures to stop her getting parole, she was released in December of 85. Um, she changed her name to Nadine Von von volsen and moved to iowa but she would die of lung cancer in 1990 at 61 years old i hope it was painful i hope it was painful i hope it was miserable and she I was too. painful and i hope she was alone me too starving to death 14 years for the things that she did to this girl 14 years what about the parents yeah. what no i mean There's, like where where i never saw anything else on like account from her parents after this 15-year-old Stephanie was never charged with murder for Sylvia. Instead, she was turned state witness and released and moved to Florida. Um, She changed her name to Stephanie Seacord and has several children of her own. Um, Gertrude's other children were placed in foster care until they were put in their father's custody. The three boys were released on good behavior in 1968 after serving just two years each. John... Um, became a minister in Texas and cancels children of divorced parents. Oh, my God. Hobbs, this motherfucker, the one that carved yeah. on her stomach, died of cancer at the age of 21. Good. Good. Four years after being released from the reformatory. Um, Huddard had several brushes with the law. Oh, this is, I guess, what I have on the parents. Lester and Betty Likens divorced. And Betty would remarry and die and die in 1998. 
Jenny Likens, though, went on to marry and had two children of her own. She spent years on medication to, for the extreme oh, yeah. anxiety that she had after watching her sister's brutal torture and Absolutely. murder. Um, she doesn't blame her parents for what happened during her childhood, but Jenny would die in 2004 at 54 years old. Mm. All of these people, this is why, like, A, this is, like, a horrific case. The things that happened to this girl shouldn't have happened. But all of those neighbors later coming out and teachers being like, yeah, we knew. We didn't feel empowered to say anything. Those neighborhood kids that paid to watch or paid to beat her up. Vile, disgusting human beings. And you say all the time, like, social accountability here. Right. If you don't do anything to stop it, you're just as guilty as the person that's doing it. That, that, this one actually breaks my heart. Like, that one was horrible a horrible case i mean they're all horrible but fucking kids man you're so sad i am like this one was really really awful i know i told you you were gonna hate this one i do hate it i hate it so much um what what about i mean her sister who they told that didn't i mean like (sighs) god damn and they just i because the brothers went to the grandparents. Why? And she looks like Gertrude looks evil. This woman looks evil. And she's just raising more evil human beings. Four of her yeah. children were involved in this. Right. And all of them barely, sh- no, they shouldn't have gotten out of jail. Any of them. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, the poor girl did nothing. She nothing. did nothing. Because Gertrude thought she was being a slut. Um, she she made her. Doing she made her that. And she allowed that to happen to her. Anyway, that was awful. You hated that. I hated that. I hated it so much. Your eyes. Something about mom is her eyes change colors based on her mood. And they're, like, so blue right now. And they get so blue when you're, like, super sad. I laugh when I'm uncomfortable. I told you guys that was an awful one. And that's why I gave, like, the trigger warning I gave at the beginning of that one. Well, I should have walked out and let you just record that one by itself. Because I'm going to think about this one. I think about this one a lot. I mean, crimes are... All of the crimes are, are awful, like, I'm not, you know, I mean, there isn't one that's, you know, but crimes against kids. Do you think her kids are just, from a mental health aspect, are her, is that because mom was telling them? Or do you think they're all just fucking evil human beings? I think, I think that, you know, this is a great debate. Um, and, I mean, nobody really knows, right? Like, the, the factors to mental illness. It can be biological. It can be social. It can be um, environmental. It can be genetic. It can, there's a lot of different factors that play into it. But I will tell you this. Children are sponges of their environment. Right. And what they are allowed to see. That's why, that's why we're so careful in what we let our children watch on TV. And we... Because we desensitize them to basic, um, I'm sorry, (laughs) basic um, empathy of people. Yeah. If you are seeing 
growing up at eight, nine, ten years old, and you're watching your mother, who is your only um, leader, parent in your house, telling a little girl to take her clothes off and stick a Coke bottle inside of her and beating her and burning her, that's going to be your norm. Yeah. It's, it's not going to be something that's like, oh my God, you're hurting a human being, right? Mm -hmm. If you're going to sleep every night hearing little girls scream, help me, you're going to be desensitized to the panic and the, and the, um, immediate response that comes to, oh my God, somebody is screaming for help. Right. Um, so I think, what was your question? I'm sorry. Do you think they're just horrible people or I think that that, it's environment? Yeah, I think that, it, I think that the environment made them horrible people, but, but then there is this, this, this part of, of you that normal healthy people are like okay well i can understand you going along with it while you were at home out of fear or whatever but when you got to a safe location you could have called the police you could have but samantha nobody fucking did anything nobody the neighbors the, the neighbors teachers. the teachers the nobody did anything her sister nobody was there to protect this sweet little girl i know nobody and that, and I did read one account that Sylvia, she, I mean, was trying to protect Jenny a lot yeah. of this. And that she would take punishments for, just so Jenny wouldn't get it. And I mean, Jenny got it. She was abused too. Jenny was, I mean, she didn't have a, not to the extent. Yeah. But she was abused too. But, and I think that just tells us a lot about Sylvia. Yeah. And that's like the thing is so many people don't know about her, know her story. And to me, people need to know what happened to her because she didn't deserve any of it. And people need to grow some fucking balls and speak up. 100%. Literally. This whole case is like heartbreaking and I'm devastating on the same sense of nobody did anything. And they didn't fucking serve any time for this. I right. think it's fucking hysterical. That Gertrude and Hobbs got fucking cancer and died. Um, which makes you feel like a shitty human being for saying from an empathetic standpoint. But literally, like, the whole time I was like, where the fuck is she? Where the fuck is she? You know, and, and then you think, she was a dead mother in jail. If she'd have been a man doing a crime against a child in fucking prison, she'd been dead. Right. Come on, women that are in prison, step your game up. Seriously. There are prices to pay socially for doing what she freaking did in the prison system so everybody dropped the ball everybody mm -hmm. so congratulations we're all pieces of shit in my opinion yeah i agree how how does that many people turn the other look the other way yeah. i mean though seriously starting with our parents who the fuck leaves their kids with strangers I don't I mean, know. I mean, I wasn't born in the 60s, so I don't know, really. I can't say 100% what the environment is like or what that, you know, if, like, in the circus carnival, if that was normal. But it's probably why there are mandatory reporting laws now, though. I feel like her older sister, imagine finding that out after that, after you wrote it off. 
Imagine being the, I can't imagine though, seriously, like if I, if I had to, and I thank God, thank God that I don't have to work like that. I am so grateful for the field that I'm in. I pick my kids up from school every day. I drop my kids off. I don't ever miss. I am so grateful that as a single mother, I don't have to work two jobs and I'm so grateful for that. But I feel like if I had to, you would take your siblings. Right. Like there's not a question no. of whether or not like if I I mean, if I had to go to work, I mean, if I get called out, I mean, now the kids are older, if I get called out on a crisis call in the middle of the night, I mean, it's you that comes over. Or it's coral, but I mean, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I get, everyone failed her. Everybody failed her. But even in today's day and age, like I feel like every time I see like on one of the upcycles or the babysitting things or whatever, no, I when moms are like, need a babysitter for tonight, one-year-old kid, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing looking for a babysitter online? Never know who you're going to get. Like, what are you doing? These are our babies. We are parents commissioned of God. I don't know. I'm, that was awful, Samantha. I'm not impressed with you. I'm not happy that you brought that case. That made me really, really sad. <laughs> really sad case. And, and there I, you go. I the end of the end, a whole year, and you made Tracy cry. Which is like an impossibility. I could have. There was a lot more details, but I no, couldn't. No, thank you. I couldn't. No, thank you. Okay, so on that note. All right. Stay glad safe. Glad I ruined everybody's day. Stay safe.